Hello, and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and for this episode, I was thrilled to welcome back John Paul Sorelli to discuss an iconic figure in cinema, King Kong. John Paul came up with this idea since Godzilla vs. Kong just came out, and it was really fun for me because, sort of like our Godzilla episode, which if you haven't listened to that one, make sure to go back and listen to that one as well, I did not know that much about King Kong before recording this one. We actually recorded it the day that Godzilla vs. Kong was released, so we hadn't actually seen the movie yet. So we made predictions, but there are no spoilers for that particular film. You'll see if you've watch the movie, we were right about some things and we were wrong about some things. If you haven't watched it yet, I know recording this episode made me appreciate the movie much more, so I do recommend listening before you watch it. There are spoilers for the other King Kong movies in here, but at this point, if you don't know the story, then that's just kind of on you. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, and especially our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Caitlin Van Horn, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would go on a trip to Skull Island with. I think that would just be a blast. If you would like to join these beautiful creatures, see what I did there? Come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to all sorts of extras. This is another longer episode, so let's just dive right in. Without further ado, here is episode 80, King Kong with John Paul Sorelli. I am so excited because, uh, well, first of all, I'm very excited to welcome back to pairing veteran guest, John Paul Sorelli. <laughs> welcome hey, back. Yes, yes. I, the, the people the people have been clamoring for your return. So <laughs> Have they? They have, they have. Um, every I day. I don't know what that entails. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, it sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is. Um, but I'm also really excited because uh, this is going to be sort of a a, a a new topic for me, but a, a similar sort of episode also for me to our Godzilla episode because I didn't really know anything about Godzilla going into, besides having seen a few of the movies going in. And so similarly, we're going to be talking about King Kong. Yes, and there's uh, fortunately there's not nearly as much to know about King Kong. Okay, as Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, keep it simple. I mean, the the total number of King Kong movies I think is like eight. I can double check that in a second. Yeah, but it's I, not it's not in the thirties like it right, is for Godzilla. <laughs> right, and he's also he's just one figure and not right. like all the kaiju. Um, yes, which. Though I do, you know, I know there's some crossover, obviously, because today is the day that uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, or is it Godzilla versus King Kong? I don't know. So this one is called uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. The the original one, the Japanese one from Was... the 60s, is called King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. This... So not only have they switched it, but they've removed the king from Kong's title. Mm, I'm not sure how he feels about that. But <laughs> I have a theory about yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't watched the new movie yet, so yeah. I don't know if it's if it's true. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited because we'll probably watch the movie tonight because Winston's a big fan. Um, so this will be a fun fun way to to gear up for it. Mm-hmm. But so 
I just to give you a background on my very limited experience with King Kong, um, I think I've seen little bits of the original, the the like nineteen thirty three. Like I know I know I've seen clips of it, if not the whole movie at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the only King Kong movies that I have a concrete memory of are obviously the Peter Jackson right. remake. And I say obviously because it's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one that just came out a few years ago. Skull, Kong, Skull, Skull Island. I- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skull Island with Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston and John C. Riley and... Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson, of course. Uh, of course, Samuel L. Jackson, of <laughs> course. So so that's my very, very limited experience with King Kong. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about, like, kind of the cultural significance, if anything. if or And, and it's okay if there is none. Um, <laughs> oh, I, think, I definitely think that there is, for sure. I think so. I think so, too. It's just not something that I've thought a whole lot about, so I'm excited to talk to you, who are who is a, a big fan of King Kong. Good, dating back to when I was three years old, yeah. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense to me, as we've talked about on, on pairing a, a, a couple times, at least, and on Celluloid Bastards, too. I feel like um, monster movies were a big part of your upbringing your, your cinematic um, upbringing i had a i had a kind of a interesting roundabout introduction to king kong mm-hmm. though, because the first time that i really heard about king kong or was probably aside from like references on animaniacs or something sure um, sure <laughs> which is where i found out about a lot of things um awesome <laughs> but <laughs> but uh was a book that i checked out at my local library that was like mm. a history of of monster movies or maybe just like monster or horror movie makeup or something like that. I don't remember the exact book and I've tried to find it ever since and I've not been lucky. Interesting. in any case, it was like a nonfiction picture book that had like a bunch of stills from horror movies throughout history. And King Kong was on the cover. However, it was King Kong from King Kong Lives, which was the 1986 version with Linda Hamilton. Oh my goodness. So, I'm guessing the book came out at around the same time of the, as the movie. Otherwise, sure. I have no idea why they would have used that Kong. Um, right. Because nobody nobody likes that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was obsessed with King Kong immediately from that, although I hadn't mm. seen a, any of the movies. Mm-hmm. And there was also this store at the mall that my mom worked at at the time mm-hmm. um, that I just called the King Kong store. They sold <laughs> it was a it was a comic book store, nice. but they had a King Kong stuffed animal that I really wanted. So Amazing. I called it the King Kong store, obviously, and that was really my introduction to King Kong. Yeah, the book and the stuffed animal. The book and the stuffed the animal. I love that, like little little morsels of what this creature, what this character is, um, mm-hmm. before before experiencing it. Um, on the on the big screen or on the little screen, as the case may be. It was definitely the little screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because I wanted to rent King Kong, mm-hmm. but my parents were convinced that I wouldn't like it because it was old and in black and white. Right. In, in retrospect, I think that they didn't want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because I would not have had a problem with that, even sure. at that age. Sure, um, Yeah, that does not sound like something you, you would have a problem with. <laughs> right, no. But I did... Um, the first King Kong movie that I saw was the 70s one with mm. Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. And 
the um the screen debut of Jessica Lange. Oh, so. really? I didn't realize yep. that. Yeah, I was when I was doing my brief research for this. I didn't yeah. do too extensive research because I already know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, that was not only her film debut. She won the Golden Globe for Best New Star of 1976. Wow, wow! <laughs> I did not know this. Jessica Lange. There you go. There you go. That makes sense to me. And so it was, because I didn't see that one, believe it or not, even though I know that's um, one of the more famous adaptations or versions of it. Um, and is that the basically the same story? Because I know... There is a lot of differences. And okay. I, as a kid, when I was probably five or six when I saw it. Uh-huh. And I was already familiar enough with the King Kong story through books and whatnot. Right. That I recognized it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> And was very disappointed mm. because they're not even a um, they're not even a film crew in the oh, 70s no. version, which I feel is a very key element. It of does the story. feel a very like a very key element to the story. I really enjoyed that. I mean, you know, I I remember seeing the 2005 version. We don't have to dive into it right now. We can we can talk about. I think it was 2005. The Peter Jackson. Yeah. I know it was the first thing he did after Lord of the Rings. Right. And I remember enjoying it. But I don't remember, like, I'm not sure that I was, like, thinking very critically about it. But I remember really liking the conceit of, like, Adrian Brody is the director and Naomi Watts. Oh, he was the, the writer. Uh, Jack Black. Oh, he's was, the Jack writer. Black he's the, the writer. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. Jack Black is the director and and Adrian Brody is the writer. Which, by the way, just quick sidebar. I was thinking about this. Um like, what has happened to Adrian Brody and Naomi Watts both? They both kind of disappeared, I feel like. Yeah, um, Adrian Brody especially. Naomi Watts is still yeah. in a few things here and there. But yeah, I still I see her around. I haven't seen Adrian Brody but... outside of a Wes Anderson movie in a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's been in a few of those. But but yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. I hope he didn't, I didn't do anything, he didn't do anything, you know bad not that i've heard about but <laughs> i don't i i'm kind of even nervous to look it up <laughs> yeah let's not let's just imagine that he decided that he's gonna just go live his best life on, a, on an <laughs> island somewhere right. on skull island <laughs> maybe on skull island yeah Th- that might be hard to live your best life there <laughs> <laughs> probably yes so okay so speaking of skull island so so skull island obviously is where king kong lives mm-hmm. And um, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll do my first little wine thought that I came up with because I didn't, okay. I didn't really, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on kind of riffing, kind of improvising a little bit. We'll see. This <laughs> Hopefully. is jazz. This here. is like jazz here I'm pairing. <laughs> um, but so one thing that I did think of, cause I was like, okay, Skull Island, as I understand it is supposed to be somewhere in like the Pacific Islands or in the Indian Ocean somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if they ever, and I, as soon as I say this, someone's going to correct me. I'm sure. But, um, but... <laughs> but I, I don't know if they've ever given the exact location of Skull Island. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's happened, but it's somewhere somewhere out there. And so I was thinking about uh, kind of the, the closest 
major wine regions would probably be Australia or New Zealand, depending on depending on where exactly Skull Island is. Um, and, I, and that made me think that actually Australian Shiraz, which is the wine that Australia is best known for, feels like a really good wine for King Kong. Um, and but not necessarily all Australian Shiraz because some of it can be like really jammy and fruity. And I don't think that's quite right. But some some Australian wine and some South African Shiraz too actually have like a really smoky kind of flavor to them. And they're kind of like earthy. And and that feels that feels more right to me for King Kong. Mm-hmm. Like if he if he drank wine, that would be the kind of wine that King Kong would drink. <laughs> He would need a lot of it. He would need a lot of it. Well, fortunately, they make a lot of it. (laughs) He's going to clean Australia out of of Shiraz. (laughs) Ruin the wine industry there. But so, okay. But but what I was going to ask you before before I came in with a tangent on myself um, (laughs) was, so I'm forgetting the name of the original director, creator, but... I know. Okay. So there, are, yeah. there are two directors. Oh, okay. Of the Thirty-three okay. version. Okay, um, Marion C. Cooper is technically the creator of King Kong. He Got came it. up with the character. Got it. Uh, Ernest B. Shodzak is the other director. Now, what a name! The way that they split duties, yeah, was that uh, Shodzak would direct the actors and do all of the mm. live action stuff. Mm-hmm. Marion Cooper was in charge of all the special effects. Gotcha. And all of the mainly the Skull Island segments of the movie. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense to me. That's like a that's a very uh, logical way to 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 share the duties. Um, I'm not sure exactly how how effective that is, but so um, they but they created this story, right? It was right. Yes. No, it's not adapted from anything. Yeah, it wasn't um, based on anything, which is incredible. It's kind of the 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 closest comparison that um, that Marion Cooper um, thought of was yeah. Beauty and the Beast, mm. but it's still it's still quite a bit different from Beauty. Yeah, and the Beast. definitely, definitely. Um, well, that's I mean, because that's really interesting to me. The idea that you can just kind of create a legend like that, and right, yeah, mm-hmm. and it. I feel like King Kong is. A story that, I mean, people who have not seen any King Kong movie yeah. can tell you the story of King Kong. Absolutely. And it's um, it's kind of structured like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting back to that Beauty and the Beast comparison, yeah. it's a very simple story. Right. There's not much to it, although it leaves a lot of room for expansion, which is right. why I think it's been done so many times throughout history. Right. Because the original King Kong, for as epic a movie as it's perceived as being, is pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the screenplay was very simple. It sticks to basics. And I think a large part of that also is because the it was so time-consuming to film it. Right. And that they didn't really want to make it any longer than it had to be. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then Peter Jackson, of course, made it four hours yeah, long. Yeah, it's, and- <laughs> it's, it's more than twice the length of the original. Yeah, yeah. That, that, um, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's really fascinating to me because it I guess you're right like it, it is a kind of very simple iconic story but like the image of Kong holding the woman in his hand and climbing up the Empire State Building it's just like I feel like it's ingrained in all our heads right yeah, that's like Americana at yeah this point. that's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. one of the defining images I would argue not of just of 
from film, but just in general of the 20th century. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I would I would agree. And so the other thing I wanted to ask you is because I I was doing like a little bit like a just a little skimming about King Kong and um and and I, we, you mentioned earlier the the Godzilla versus or King Kong versus Godzilla mm-hmm. which was the Toho film, right? Right. And they yes. kind of adopted King Kong into like the the kaiju verse for lack of yes. a for lack of um, a better word. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a long time since I've seen King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, I haven't seen um, it. It's uh it's it's in, it's fun. I'm sure um, it is. I I look forward to watching My main my main opposition I don't have any opposition to it. So opposition is sure. the wrong word. Sure. But my main the main thing that keeps me from returning to it one is that I, I'm also a big Godzilla fan and that's not really one of my favorite Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. But but two is that I God, uh, Godzilla works as a guy in a suit. Yeah. King Kong, I feel like, doesn't work as well as a guy yeah, in a suit. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And we'll see. I mean, now, I mean, with CGI and all that, I'm sure it'll it'll be <laughs> it'll be different in this version. Right. Um, and I and I and I'm curious to hear your thoughts and predictions on on what this version will be like. But yeah, and I mean, and so I was just thinking about. Godzilla, who who Winston, my husband, is also a a big fan of Godzilla. Godzilla's like his his hero, and um, <laughs> and I'm wondering what you think are like some of the major differences between Godzilla and King Kong, like both as kind of monsters and also uh, just in terms of like the stories around them. Um, I think that, um, again, I think King Kong, as far as the story goes, King Kong is more of a fairy tale kind of fantasy uh-huh. story. Sure. Godzilla is more rooted in science fiction. Sure. Um, I mean, the original Godzilla is pretty pointedly a, a Hiroshima allegory. Yes. Um, yes. Or not necessarily Hiroshima, but, you know, the, a, the yeah. atomic bomb. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think that. From their origin, that's the key difference, is that I don't think, and people have read allegorical interpretations into Kong, sure. but I don't think it was ever intended to have an allegorical meaning like Godzilla was. Okay, yeah. Um, and as terms of their characters, uh, as far as how they are different, well, Godzilla is clearly the more powerful of the two. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's why like the idea of facing them having them face off against each other seems like it would be an easy win for Godzilla. Right, Although right. in the original Toho, Kong wins. Huh. Spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, um, spoiler. <laughs> Godzilla lives, it is implied. However, King Kong wins the battle. Yes, okay, that, that, that's interesting, that's interesting. Yeah, so I guess, I guess technically Kong is stronger, maybe. Yeah, but Godzilla I, I think has that's it, but Godzilla breath. has a bunch of powers <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Kong doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. Um, I believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe that Winston's prediction for this film is that they're going to fight, but they're going to end up having to team up at the exactly end. Exactly my prediction. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that I think that's got to be what it is. I don't even think that... Um, 
this might be getting a little too much into. I mean, the movie's technically out as we're talking yeah. about this, so it's a moot point. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my guess is that Kong isn't even initially fighting Godzilla. Mm. I think it's Me- I think it's Mecha Godzilla. Oh, but, yeah. Yep. That makes that makes sense too. That makes sense but we'll too. See. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, what you were saying before was interesting, and that was one of my questions about whether whether Kong is any sort of allegory, and because it's a it's such a I mean it is it is sort of a fairy tale, but it's also a very like the 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 imagery is so iconic, and there's the only thing that I can think of, and I don't think it was the original was made with this intention, but that you can use Kong's story to be kind of a little bit of a critique of colonialism, maybe? That's, yeah, that's what a lot of people have interpreted uh-huh. interpreted it as, as since its release. Right. Um, again, not that it necessarily matters what the creator thinks. Right. <laughs> um, because once it's out there, it's kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, exactly. But- but Marion Cooper was very adamant that there was no allegory whatsoever. He yeah. wanted it to be read as uh, at surface value. He, he just but, liked big, big. Aids. But it's if you go in thinking the movie is about colonialism, it's clearly about yeah, colonialism. right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. It seems it seems sort of hard not to not to read that, but that's also in the context of like twenty first century discourse, etc., 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 where it's like. Hmm hard for us not or if you're not paying attention to something like that then i think you're you're kind of missing missing the point or not missing the point but it it seems obvious to me as a as a line to draw yeah but yeah but so my understanding was that marion cooper that that was his name mm-hmm. um he just really liked monkeys or something and he like really liked apes well he had a dream Oh, in which, uh, in which a giant gorilla was attacking New York City, oh. and he made it into a movie. Yeah. but yeah, as his his concept was literally just it. I dreamed about it, so here we go. Let's make it. Um, interestingly enough, that uh, has a lot in common with uh, apparently Guillermo del Toro and Penn's Labyrinth, who he mm-hmm. he supposedly just had a dream about a fawn and then made this movie. Yes. And he is also, as well as Peter Jackson, obviously a very big King Kong fan. I that surprises me not at all. Um, that makes sense. And in fact, I'd like to see a Guillermo del Toro uh, King Kong movie. I that think, would be very interesting. I think I think he could ha- he could he would give a fun a fun spin on it. And so and okay, so now I'm just thinking, uh, just just trying to think of riff it, my my wine jazz. <laughs> um, because you were you mentioned like the image of of you know Kong climbing up the Empire State Building as kind of classic Americana mm-hmm. imagery, and I think that's really true. And so I'm trying to think of like a, a classic Americana wine uh, to to pair with that with that particular moment, which I think mm-hmm. if I had to, it you know I can't I can't pick just one, but probably. California Cabernet is like America, like, and by America, I mean the United States, are our kind of most quintessential wine that is most respected worldwide, quote unquote, um, which it doesn't, which that doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think California Cab works. Um, but also since it's New York, let's not forget about some New York state wines, and I I have always been a really big fan of well I'm a fan of New York wines 
generally, but uh, but but New York is probably best known for its Riesling from the Finger Lakes. And which uh, is right where I am right now. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> and I, I'm sure you've had plenty, plenty of New York wine, New York state wine. Well, a fair amount hanging out. Yeah. A fair. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I feel like uh, New York Riesling is also a nice like a dry one, not a not a sweet one, I think, but a, a nice dry Riesling for for enjoying enjoying this movie. I always like Riesling. I always I always kind of pair it with moments I think that have a lot of tension because uh because Riesling has such high acidity to it. It it's like a very stressful wine to me. Um but <laughs> not not that it causes me stress, but <laughs> I feel like it works. It works well in high stakes moments. Yeah, that could be like when um uh, oh my God! I'm forgetting her name now. Uh, Faye Ray is the actress's name. The character's name is Anne Darrow, I think. Oh anyway, yes, um, Anne Darrow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when she is first captured on Skull Island, yes. and tied up, waiting for Kong to approach, that's kind of the most tense moment in the movie. That's I think. A, yes, I think you're. I think you're right, and I think that's a very good Riesling moment, indeed. <laughs> a Riesling moment. <laughs> a Riesling moment. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I think I've shared this with you, but my favorite terrible wine pun is everything happens for a Riesling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop uh trying to impose impose uh wine pairings on Oh no no, it's we have to get through this. It's, I know, I know part of this. <laughs> Absolutely. You were so so as we were saying before, you you do agree that there's there's kind of a been a cultural impact of of King Kong. Yeah, uh, in many, in a few different ways. Um, like I, f- I feel like the story of King Kong has had a significant cultural impact. Like we just went over, uh, it's one of the very rare original stories that was originally right. made for a movie, not based on anything else. Right. That people just know. Yeah. Uh, there really aren't that many movies that aren't based on something that have yeah. had that kind of that have gotten that kind of pop culture awareness right. in the long run. No, I was just going to say even Godzilla, I would say which which I do believe was was created for the movies. Yeah. I'm not sure that people know the story of Godzilla as right. much as they know just kind of the the character. The character yeah. of Godzilla, exactly. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, now, of course, also, you have to talk about how much of an impact it had on special effects. Yeah. Um, because I know that, I'm going to word this delicately, I know that <laughs> some people think that the movie doesn't, the special effects don't hold up. Um, sure. I do. I'm very much pro nice. stop motion animation. Yeah. Um, do they look, quote unquote, realistic? No, of course not. They don't. You're not going to be <laughs> fooled into thinking there's actually a gorilla. Right. But they're very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, the characterization of Kong is really good in the movie. And that's yeah. really the important thing. He has a personality. Yeah. And you know, you can almost see the gears in his head moving, mm-hmm. even though it's just somebody moving him around <laughs> right. to get stop motion shots. Right. So I would argue that the special effects do hold up in that respect. Yeah, no, I think that's really important, especially for somebody like Kong, who empathizing with him is so important. Like, even you know, even if you don't necessarily 
love him having but having like some sort of emotional connection to kong is so important to yeah the story otherwise it doesn't work exactly um, and so and so i think that i i mean i haven't seen the original in a really long time but as long as the the special effects and and sometimes practical effects can be they they're just better they're just more effect even even if they don't look as pretty um they can be more effective than you know than the fancy CGI that we have now. Right. Well, they have different they have different effects. Right. I mean, no pun intended. Yes. But, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that we've gotten to a point where CGI can look more immersive and mm-hmm. realistic now. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that sometimes, well, a lot of times, practical effects still can have more character to them. Absolutely. Um, I and I think that it can be, if not necessarily the better choice for immersion in the story mm-hmm. or immersion in the world, the universe mm-hmm. of the film, it can be a better character choice. Definitely. No, that make that makes a lot of sense to me. And and I really agree with that. And then it's that's just interesting to think about because um, in Peter Jackson's, of course, Andy Serkis did the motion capture for Kong and so was you know, as he did with Gollum, because <laughs> right. this was this was the phase where Andy Serkis was just the guy who did this right. stop motion guy. Get him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and and I think that that was because you know, especially after Lord of the Rings, everyone was so impressed with with the animation of Gollum, um, and that was kind of the best, I think. Um, I still think it is one of the best examples of CGI that that is still a performance also. Yeah. And I think that th- having Andy Serkis play Kong was was very a very wise decision on Peter Jackson's end yeah. because you need some kind of human performance yeah. behind Kong. Absolutely. And I don't know, I don't remember, maybe you know if in Kong Skull Island there was something similar. I feel I like don't I feel think like there no. Was, I feel like at that I'm point. Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure either. We can look it up or people can correct us. But um but I wouldn't be surprised if by that point, because the CGI that it's it was like twelve years later, um, CGI has developed yeah, immensely. I think probably because I I actually like Kong Skull Island. I, I enjoyed it. People I enjoyed it. Thought it was just okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I I th- I thought that as far as just pure as f- purely visual from a purely visual aspect, mm-hmm. I think the Kong in that movie probably looks a little better than the one in the Peter Jackson. Sure, one, but I still sure. prefer the Peter Jackson one because right. there's it, he has more personality in that. Right, because you got Andy Serkis in there somewhere. Exactly. I also enjoyed Skull Island. Um, I just kind of accepted it that it was going to be just like a fun kind of mm-hmm. campy movie and. I thought it was I thought it was just fine and I thought it was fun. But but yeah, I don't remember hearing about if if there was any sort of motion capture performance or anything like that. Um one one thing that I wanted to ask you is that I want again through my brief skimming, I feel like uh it seems that Kong keeps getting bigger in every iteration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that definitely is true. I yeah. mean in in this Iteration. I, I the main reason that he is as big as he is is because from day one they were setting it up right. towards Godzilla versus Kong. Right. Uh and 
you know, for him to be 30 feet versus yeah. Godzilla would just not work. Wouldn't work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I think I think in the original, he's supposed to be about 30 feet. Okay. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. And now he's like, I forget. I forget whether it was like 100 or 300 feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, it's, he's it's enormous thick. now. <laughs> he's thick now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's and that's interesting. I feel like that's a very easy comparison to draw with like the film industry in general and how everything has gotten bigger and louder and yeah and um speaking of the film industry it, yes. it's it's worth noting that um Marion Cooper based the character of Carl Denham who is in mm. in the he's the director mm-hmm. of the film mm-hmm. that they're shooting yeah. he based it on himself okay um, great <laughs> and he was known for being a bit of a wild man uh uh-huh. he he filmed nature documentaries a lot. He was mm-hmm. kind of without without being as uh, as artful. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was kind of the Werner Herzog of his day. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but yeah, he based the character on himself. Okay. And uh, I, I think that if there were a Skull Island in real life, he would actually have done that. He would absolutely. He would actually have filmed there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's and that's kind of beautiful that this just came out of this weird guy's imagination and it's just sort of like him living like this is his dream. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. certainly not literally it was his dream, but um it's not my dream personally, but I I I love that for him <laughs> that he made it happen. <laughs> but I think that's that getting to what you were saying about how like Kong has gotten bigger over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I think that it that kind of really ties into what Carl Denham or Carl Denham what Marion Cooper yeah same was thing. doing with yeah. the original which is also in addition to kind of being if you want to interpret it that way an allegory about colonialism right it is it also has that kind of Moby Dick Captain Ahab yeah. story arc where on from the character of Carl Denham where he's chasing his white whale Definitely. which is Kong in this right and I think it takes a kind of crazy ambitious director to really get Kong right. Right. Because you have to, I think the director should relate to Carl Denham yeah. on some level. Yeah. And that makes sense to me as well with Peter Jackson. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. he's that kind, from everything I've, I know about him, he's very hands-on and uh, adventurous. Um, yes. And so I think he, he kind of falls into that category. I don't even know who directed the Skull Island. I don't either off the top of my head. Yeah, I um, don't, it wasn't anybody that I recognized. Let me see. Yeah, that's probably the one. I've only seen that one once. And while yeah. I did enjoy it, it's, um, it is the one that I'm least knowledgeable about. So. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Vogt, Vogt Roberts? Vogt Roberts? Hmm. Never, never heard of him. Yeah, he it looks like he had only directed one film prior to Kong Skull Island, which was called The Kings of Summer. He is directing at the moment uh, the Metal Gear Solid movie. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool, interesting. Well, there we go. It was funny, uh, just as a quick sidebar. I remember watching uh, Kong Skull Island with my dad and my in-laws he was visiting for christmas a few years ago and we were watching it and uh and my dad just would ke- he kept saying this is this looks just like apocalypse now i knew you were gonna yeah say yeah that yeah as as started it because there's so many references to apocalypse i now know i know and and that actually kind of is a throwback to the original kong because in uh-huh. addition to beauty and the beast right. one of the influences was heart of darkness which is apocalypse now is based on it right so. that makes 
perfect sense. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. Yep. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I really wish the director had played coy about it and be like, what are you talking about? I've never seen Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does list Terry Notary and Toby Kebble for Skull Island. As motion capture actors? I imagine so. You mean it's not it's not two guys stacked up <laughs> standing on top of each other in a in a in a trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kong in a trench coat. Kong in a trench coat. I, I, now that's a movie I would see. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, they both they both are, uh, did the did the mocap performance. <laughs> this is pretty funny. This is just from the Wikipedia page. A 104-foot-tall gorilla who is the last of his kind and is worshipped as the king and god on Skull Island by the Iwi natives. Notary stated that this Kong is an adolescent, and he tried to play Kong like a 14-year-old that's trapped in the life of an adult, saying it took <laughs> three days to film the motion capture scenes. <laughs> that's interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting take on that. It's also that puts into perspective, like... It only took three days to do right, exactly. to do I the mean, motion capture scenes when I'm sure, you know, sometimes, I mean, in my very limited experience on film sets, like sometimes it takes like a full day to film like 30 seconds of footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the original Kong, imagine how long it took to do everything oh to stop God. motion. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even imagine that must have been, that must have been so time consuming. And this, this is pretty quick. This is pretty quick. Although the the first sequel to King Kong, uh, mm-hmm. which is called Son of Kong, was released just nine months after the original, so that one was kind of quick. oh wow um, that is granted quick. <laughs> they did reuse some of the unused or not reused Footage. if it's unused it can't be reused but they you know Repur- what I mean repurpose <laughs> some of the cutting repurpose room floor stuff was the... used in the sequel yeah got it got it yeah well that's that's interesting that's very quick I w- oh yeah so that's a question so how Obviously, over time, Kong has become such a, you know, iconic part of our of our culture and media literacy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but was it was it received well right away? Was it super um, popular? It was. It was. I mean, there 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 really weren't any. Not like today, where we know exactly how much money and how many tickets right, something right. sold. They didn't really have a, a scientific way of tracking that back then. But, right. but it was. It was a hit. Um, Great. It was a big success. I, I was reading that uh, they wanted to, there was no Oscar for visual effects at the time mm-hmm. in 1933. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to get a special one awarded to King Kong and the yeah. Academy refused. Hmm. So clearly there was some kind of a resistance towards the movie, I guess. Interesting, but, yeah. But But it was overall, it was very popular. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. So there have been many, many, many iterations of Kong uh, throughout different forms of media. Right. Um, I mentioned that the first official sequel was uh, called The Son of Kong. Right. Which was released the same year as the original. Yeah. Um, but after that, there was about a 30, year, almost a 30 year gap between the next thing. Interesting. Um, and I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, because this is between the 30s and the 60s. There's TV didn't really become a thing until the 50s. So right, right. There's not that other than like revival screenings and and re-releases. There's not much. There's not much in the way of getting new exposure to King Kong. Right. And the the next thing after those first two initial movies was King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. So 
Um, that was the next thing, uh, almost thir- 29 years later. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And to- Toho did two King Kong movies. The first one was okay. uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. The second one was called King Kong Escapes, where Kong fights... They don't call him Mecha Kong, but he's basically he's Mecha basically Kong, Mecha because they have to have a robot version of all of, of their course. monsters. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's really interesting that to me that that Kong was just sort of like brought into the world of Godzilla and the kaiju. I mean, it makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. except that you know, in in many ways, obviously Kong is the most humanoid and. Kind of, kind of the most emotionally relatable, I would say, mm-hmm. compared to the other kaiju. I mean, I love Mothra, but you don't, you don't look into Mothra's face and. <laughs> yeah. Really... Um, it almost did the Kong, the King Kong versus Godzilla almost didn't happen because when Toho, when Toho kind of was looking at getting the rights to mm-hmm. the King Kong name, uh-huh. um, they wanted to do King Kong versus Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> And in this in this alternate <laughs> version, Doctor Frankenstein would have created a big monster, a for big Kong a fight. bigger monster, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and uh, that didn't happen that mm-hmm. way, obviously. So mm-hmm. they were like, "Fuck it, let's use Godzilla instead." <laughs> <laughs> but Godzilla was like a kind of a last minute replacement. Really, that's for, that's, for Frankenstein. <laughs> that's really interesting. I I think it was a better choice. Probably. I, yeah, um, I'm not sure how King Kong versus Frankenstein would have gone, but uh, but and that's also like the question of then like what's the timing like what's the time period that we're set in you know right would it be in in Mary Shelley's timeline or would it be in the King Kong timeline or is this another this is an alternate universe yeah where they this exist? is I, I think my my theory on this. I have uh-huh. not read anything to confirm this. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is speculation. Sure. Is that um this I mean that movie was made in 1962 mm-hmm. and this was around the time where Japan was starting to become very americanized as mm-hmm. far as their mm-hmm. pop culture. Yeah. So King Kong, Frankenstein, those yep. are two things that are yep. popular in America. Let's yep, absolutely. Mash them together. Yeah, well why but, not? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I think that was the mentality behind it more than yeah, anything else. More than anything else. Yeah, that, that that sort of makes sense. That sort of makes sense. But I think Godzilla versus Kong works better. Um, Definitely. Because they're both I mean, they've got different stories obviously and as and as you were saying, like Kong is not really meant to be an allegory. Godzilla very clearly is, but they're both these kind of literally larger than life monster creatures that we love you you have to tread carefully with them but uh mm. but they are ultimately i think both lovable or at least well godzilla has had a few i mean he started off as a villain and kind of became the hero later on yeah that's uh, true kong has almost never been portrayed as a villain not off the top no. of my head he's anyway. I, I i think uh, and i think i saw this i think more than anything he's he's like an anti-hero i would define i would think he's lawful neutral yes <laughs> I think so. That's definitely his alignment. Um, <laughs> um, I hope he's in the in the D and D movie or show that they're making. <laughs> Kong shows up. But what what's interesting about King Kong is, uh, to me at least, is is you know there's not really like a 
villain in the story necessarily. No, um, I mean, unless you unless you count Carl Denham as the villain, right. which some people do, right? And which and and I and I respect that. I respect that. I mean, somebody who who is a victim of hubris, right? Um, but sort of like sort of like Ahab, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is not technically the villain, but. But he's but his ambition gets a lot of people in trouble. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's very interesting. That's very interesting to me. Um, that it's not like a clear black and white kind of hero villain. Mm-hmm. It's the the morality is a little bit more complicated in Kong. I think. Yeah. As it as it becomes in Godzilla, some Godzilla movies too. I think. Right. I mean, God's there's. This is a kind of a simplification, but mm-hmm. the Godzilla chronology is there's so many different paths. Right. I mean, it's not like you watch all of the Godzilla movies and there's a clear like uh, mythology, an, an arc. They're, yeah. they're always changing things up. Right. Right. <laughs> so Godzilla is sometimes evil. He's right. sometimes good. He's sometimes in between. Right. So right. it's it's always changing. Whereas Kong is pretty much straightforward. He's the good guy. Yeah, he's he's a little bit a little bit more of a, a simple story. There was also a um, speaking of King Kong escapes. Mm-hmm. It was kind of that one was kind of based on an anime series oh, from the sixties. Interesting. Um, called the King Kong Show, and uh, <laughs> I remember this specifically because after the seventies Kong, mm-hmm. which I guess we'll probably be going chronologically with. The Kong yeah. media here, yeah, sure. Um, so that's that's coming next. But, great, um, great. But uh, the, so this show was produced in the '60s in Japan, uh-huh. um, and that was my second experience with King Kong outside mm. of books mm. uh, um, and, and that stuffed animal. Right. Was yeah. <laughs> the King Kong show because at they had like um, a VHS at like Shoprite, which is a uh, grocery store in New Jersey, uh-huh. uh, uh, and it was like. Five dollars, so I got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it had like two episodes on it. It was, it's, it's very crudely animated, from sure. what I remember. Sure. And it's very, it's, it's kind of what you'd expect from a '60s anime series uh-huh. because there's robots and aliens and all kinds of shit going on that nice. you would not associate with King Kong. Nice. But, <laughs> <laughs> that but, sounds yeah, like it fun. Get, it just gets thrown in there. Nice, nice. I'm trying to think. What a good a good wine for that would be, I don't know something, something zany and weird, um, or at least at the very least like like a field blend like that. Sometimes they just make wines that are like, okay, here's sixteen different grapes that we have. Let's just throw them all together and see what happens. Right. <laughs> that sounds that sounds kind of like that. Um, or one of the most famous versions of those is called Gemixtersatz in Austria. Um, so I feel like Gemixtersatz would work for that. For the King Kong show. Enjoy yeah, it with yeah, the King yeah. Kong Yeah, yeah, enjoy it with the King Kong show. <laughs> and yeah, that, those were the, those three things were really the extent of King Kong media mm-hmm. in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, then came the 70s one. Right. Which is the second official version of like the classic King Kong story. Because right. the stuff right. before this is going in its own direction. Right, um, right. So... Really, it was between 33 and 76. That's what's 43 years before there mm-hmm. was a, officially a remake of King Interesting. Kong. Interesting, yeah. And then and then there's been more more frequently since then. Or mm-hmm. for, the, for the most part, yeah. 
And so and so I'm sorry, I forget, but that that version, that's the one with Jessica Lang and, yeah, and Jeff Bridges. And Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And that Who one has an awesome like pre-dude long hair. Oh my god. Beard, so. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't seen this. I need to see it. <laughs> I need you know, that. it's it's <laughs> it it's probably hasn't held up very well. I, you know, I don't I care. I also kind of have a soft spot for it. Sure. And and this one, King Kong, is also a guy in a suit. More specifically, oh, nice. it's Rick Baker in a suit. Oh. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, this is kind of as his star was really on the, uh-huh. on the rise. Because uh-huh. um, if, if, if people listening don't know who Rick Baker is, he's like... One of, if not the most famous and celebrated makeup artist of all time. Yes, I I know of him from your your blog. I believe I I believe you've uh, mentioned him on Mondo Volgare. He would have been mentioned quite a few times. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> perhaps. Um, but he did like the design of Kong in this, and in I don't know if throughout the whole film, but in a lot of scenes, he's the one in the King Kong suit, which is pretty cool. That is cool. That's great. That's a that's a cool legacy, and that's a little different. But there are again, there are a lot of changes that this one makes to the mm, original. For one, mm-hmm. that they're they're not a film crew, uh, uh, right? And right. two, the one the one uh, change that most people really harp on in, in this is that he does not climb the Empire State Building; ah. he climbs the World Trade Center at the very Ooh. end of the movie. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> yeah. So after nine eleven, I know that movie was like yeah, temporarily not banned, but. It was on a, a list of movies to maybe not show on TV for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, obviously they couldn't have known 40 or 30 years before that that was going to happen. But right. but it's so iconic climbing at the Empire State Building. Like, that's so I good. Know, they just wanted it looks to make so much it better. Even, and, and it's not even like it is on the poster where King Kong is like kind of spreading his legs across the two towers. Right. Like, I'm Kong. He yeah. Just, Climbs up one of the buildings. <laughs> That's sort of uh, sort of lame. I think maybe the most disappointing change uh-huh. above those is that there's no dinosaurs in this one. Ah, <laughs> there's a giant serpent or snake. Okay, something. Well, I don't know what it, if it's technically a serpent or a snake or something. Right. But there's no dinosaurs, and that's. I think that is actually a big part of Kong. Yeah, I mean, well, the, well, it's part of kind of like the mythological part of this island you know where yes. where dinosaurs skull island is like lost in time exactly the whole concept Ex- of skull island exactly so like if it's not a film crew and there's no dinosaurs what's the point <laughs> kind of yeah yeah <laughs> um oh and speaking of dinosaurs this is backtracking a little but i do want to uh-huh. mention that um in the original uh the stop motion effects were done by willis o'brien uh-huh and he Prior to King Kong, did a movie called The Lost World. That's what got oh, him the job, really. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was in the twenties, and it was one of the first really major uses of stop motion. Yeah. And that's a movie about dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, so dinosaur King Kong probably would never have happened without The Lost World, without dinosaurs. So dinosaurs are really part of King Kong. They history. really are. They really are. So I I haven't seen this movie, so I I don't wanna I don't wanna judge it too harshly, but um, because it sounds like they made some disappointing creative decisions, what I'm thinking wine wise to pair is like I feel like there's a whole bunch of wine companies now that are making like 
basically like watered down wine in a can. Um, mm. And I'm not against wine in a can as a as a phenomenon, but like it's now become part of like the diet industry. It almost feels like it's like being marketed as like low calorie wine. And to me, that is the most bullshit that ever has happened. So <laughs> um, I this has been on my mind because I heard like an ad on a podcast for one of these companies recently. I've been seeing ads for canned wines a lot on YouTube. Yeah. Well. Maybe it's just the channels I'm watching. There are, <laughs> there are some very decent canned wines out there. It just seems to me like some some people have hopped on it's oh you know what it's like it's like the hard seltzer thing Mm -hmm. now i'm sorry if you if you or anybody listening likes hard seltzer it offends me to my core um (laughs) it's 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 a new fad like i remember like 10 15 years ago it was hard lemonade exactly exactly but to me what part of what offends me is not just that it's bad it's that it 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 it's also become it's like buying into this like fitness wellness culture that mm. i think is really unhealthy and and it's like i mean obviously if you have issues with alcohol that's a whole different thing but if you're trying to drink low calorie wine like i'm sorry just just have a regular glass of wine it can come in a can it can i don't i don't mm. care like that that doesn't bother me but it's this like 90 calories for one can of wine Ugh. yeah it's the sad. marketing behind it is pretty <laughs> sleazy yeah that's what it that's what it feels like to me and i'm just like you can't have wine <laughs> 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 um anyway that just i just went off on a on a tangent there but like you know, assuming even if I wasn't like angry about that wine, I feel like it probably doesn't taste very good. Um, and mm. and so I feel like that is the correct wine to watch to drink while watching this movie because it's just a little disappointing. Yeah, there's no dinosaurs. I mean, there are moments in it, and as I'm sure. sure, like if you drank that wine, you might get a few notes that are like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, but overall, but over- underwhelming. Exactly. Exactly. That's what that's what I was going for. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I I love Jessica Lange, but oh yeah, like uh, she's not bad in this movie. I'm not going to try to say that she's bad. Sure, in it, but sure. I, I I think that's the character of Anne Darrow, and now that I'm saying it, I don't even know if that's her name in the movie. They may have changed I... the characters' names. Yeah, they changed. The, Anne Darrow is the name of the character in the original, okay. and they used it again for Peter Jackson's version, right. but. They they don't use the um the names of the characters in this one either. That's another change. They change all the character names. So this movie in general is kind of loosely King Kong. Right. But what I was gonna say is that I think that <clears throat> Fay Ray from the original is like kind of still uh, the most iconic scream in film history. Absolutely. Give or give or take Bride of Frankenstein scream. Sure. Um, sure. But I, I think that nobody since. Unfortunately, including Jessica Lange, has matched that level of terror when Kong approaches. Yes, no, I, I, and similarly to the to the image of Kong climbing up the Empire State Building, I feel like the sound of her scream is also equally iconic. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Even if you and haven't seen the movie, you're probably aware of it. You're, you know, you've right. seen you've seen that clip. Which she, when she really should have screamed in the original, though, there's a scene uh-huh. uh, when they're on the boat heading towards Skull Island uh-huh. where one of the sailors, 
or one of the film crew, I can't remember who says it. They're, they're just kind of having a casual conversation. And this was, I guess, their idea of romance. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just as an aside, he kind of stops what he's saying and goes, say, I guess I love you. <laughs> just out of nowhere. That's when she really should have screamed. That's when, that's when I would have screamed. <laughs> <laughs> The the human I will say that as much as the original King Kong is by far my favorite. Yeah. Um, um I uh, the human characters got better over time. That's good. That's good. <laughs> other than other than Fay Ray. Right. Right. Uh but anyway, the seventies King Kong did get a sequel. Great. Uh, it was at least successful enough to get one sequel ten years later. Great. Called King Kong Lives. King Kong Lives. Where it's revealed that uh, Kong survived the fall, oh, thank and goodness. they've been keeping him in a lab. Of course, <laughs> and of course then they're they going to create a a she Kong for him. <sighs> so it's kind so, of like Bride of Frankenstein. A tale, tale as old as time. Going back to Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meets Kong. <laughs> yeah, and Linda Hamilton is in this one, who I, oh, I also nice. love, but oh, yeah, maybe not one, her. Her, um, not one of her not one of her finest performances. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, you know, you can't can't judge judge them too harshly. No, um, no, no. No. Um, that is really funny, though, that there is that kind of connection between Frankenstein and King Kong, because they don't... Yeah. They don't... I mean, King Kong, the themes of the story are like, we've gone over a few of them already, but if you... Right. Like, just to, just to be comprehensive. Here, yeah, yeah. I love, it's I love like, good comprehensive themes. It's like discussion. Beauty and the Beast plus Heart of Darkness right. plus Moby Dick. Plus, what were we just saying? Uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> it has themes, has elements of all of those. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Frankenstein one is hardest for me to to connect, except like kind of ambition thing. Yeah, like um, man playing God. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that does that that does apply. But I feel I I imagine I mean I I haven't seen King Kong Lives, but I imagine it doesn't go great keeping them in a lab. So this is one that I have not seen in full. Okay. Um, this is the only King Kong movie that I've not seen oh. in full. Oh, really? Even though my first exposure to King Kong again was a picture of Kong from this movie. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, oh well. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you probably don't need it necessarily. No, no. I, I don't know anyone who considers this essential viewing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've only seen it in part on like TV when it was on like AMC or something uh-huh. a long time ago. Uh-huh. And I saw just enough of it to know that I didn't need to see the whole Yeah, yeah, thing. there you go. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you can just tell with a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's good. Okay, so now I'm trying to think of a wine that you know, I I hate I hate to do this because I always I always mention this, but um, a wine that for me personally I don't love is um, this is probably too good for this movie, but um, is French French Syrah. Um, nothing against French Syrah, and I do like some of them, but some of them have a really strong black olive note to them, and I just really don't like black olives. And um, and so even though I know objectively they are really good wines, if I come across one of them, I'm I'll like take a, a couple sips and be like, OK, I get it. But I don't want to finish this because I don't enjoy this flavor. <laughs> I don't even know if that one would apply to this, though, because I can tell you objectively, I don't know if this is such a good movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, I You know, a better a better connection might be like sometimes like if I'm at an airport or something. And I'll like on a layover, 
back when we could travel. Um, and I'd like order a glass of wine. I, I frequently I'll order a Sauvignon Blanc if I don't, if, the, if, you know, if it's like a place that doesn't list the producer, they just list the, the wine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're this is kind of a, a safe pick. Yeah. It's usually a, a kind of a safe pick, but every once in a while it betrays me. And it's really bad. And so this is bad airport Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. This movie sounds like it's bad airport Sauvignon Blanc. And like, (laughs) depending on how, how long your layover is, you might drink it just cause, but if you've only got like 15 minutes, you're like, nah, I'm just gonna, uh, as, as my father-in-law says, you don't have to drink it. You just have to pay for it. So (laughs) (laughs) wise advice. Sage yes, and that may that may be that may be the case with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Now there's this is the 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 weird area of King uh-huh. Kong history okay. because this is where other forms of King Kong media start mm, to pop up. Interesting. Um, in addition to books, which I previously mentioned, there's a lot of King Kong picture books that are geared towards children. This is where the theme park rides come into play. Aha! The first one is at Universal Studios Hollywood, which was called the King Kong Encounter, which was not a full ride. Mm. It was part of their backlot tour. Interesting. Which, um, I've, I have been to Universal's, Universal Studios Hollywood once, and I did go on the backlot tour. Uh-huh. I was fortunate enough to do it before it burned down. Um, oh, no. Part of it did. I, oh, no. Yeah, a fire, a fire destroyed the King Kong portion. Oh, no! Oh, no. In 2008, yeah. That's awful. But that was where the idea for like, hey, people seem to like this. Yeah. Being a big, giant, animatronic gorilla. Why don't we make a whole ride of it? Yeah. Which they did in Universal Studios Florida, which uh-huh. is called Confrontation. Oh, oh, so punny. Oh, everything happens for a Riesling. <laughs> <laughs> but this was another one of my earliest King Kong experiences. Uh-huh. Um, I went to Universal Studios Florida on vacation when I was like, this was in 1992. So it was like two mm, years mm-hmm. after the park opened. Um, yeah. I, was, I went there in the OG days. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> before the entire park was Harry Potter. Right. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the King Kong ride was one of my favorites, uh-huh. specifically because... Uh, if you haven't been on it, it's not like a thrill ride or anything. It's more uh-huh. just you're in a tram and like you're going through a fake New York City and, oh, look, there's King Kong on a building. Uh-huh. And the tram operator's like, oh, no, guys, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, but I remember that they they made his breath, I guess not really breath, but right. they made it as though his breath smelled like bananas, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> that is a nice touch. <laughs> and uh, after the ride, you could go a photo op with a life-size King Kong. Ooh. Uh, so that was pretty fun. That sounds like my kind of ride. I haven't been to any theme parks. I have never been to Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Studios, any of that. And I think I've been deprived and would like to experience some of that once, you know, the plague is over. I used to really love Uni- when I was a kid. This is kind of get if you can stop me if I'm rambling. Oh no, you're um, good. <laughs> but when I was a kid, like we went to uh, we visited Orlando because I had an aunt and uncle who lived there. And of uh-huh. course, I'm a kid and I'm like, well, are we going to the theme parks though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we did. Um, okay. I was much more excited as a kid to go to Universal Studios than uh-huh. Disney World. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me because in uh, more of the movies that I watched a lot of. As a kid were represented at Universal. Right. At, at the time, and 
the park has completely changed. Since yeah. Then. I don't think yeah. any of these rides are there anymore. But yeah. There was King Kong, Back to the Future, Jaws, E.T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E. Mm-hmm. There was a whole Alfred Hitchcock show. Oh, my God. So Sounds like it was made for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, like the, uh, I was very much into the confrontation. The confrontation. <laughs> the confrontation um, ride at Universal Studios. It was big for me. Um, <laughs> I say that like like it was influenced my personality. I wouldn't go that far, but I it mean, was big for me, man. I was big into confrontation for a while <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing that uh, the the banana breath made me think of is. Um, one of the wines that is known to have a slight note of banana to it, um, it's actually a red wine, but it's uh, Beaujolais Nouveau is known f- for its very fruity, sometimes even banana-like uh, smell or taste, which is not always my favorite, but maybe mm-hmm. King Kong would really like Beaujolais Nouveau because of the slight banana flavor. <laughs> well, the banana breath brings up a logistical question. Right. <laughs> where is Kong finding, A, a big enough banana right. to satisfy his hunger, or B, enough bananas enough to bananas. satisfy his hunger? Right. That's got to be a lot of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the theme park rides now. This is also when we get our first little batch of Kong video games. Ooh. Yeah, that was what that was going to be my next question. I feel like uh, that's another... That's another me- medium that this would work for very mm. well. Surprisingly, there have been very few of them. Mm. Um, there wasn't a King Kong, an, of- an officially released King Kong video game in the United States until the Peter Jackson movie in 2005. Interesting. Huh. There were several in Japan, though. Okay. Released for the Nintendo Famicom. Uh, oh. <laughs> Fancy. Um, which was the NES, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> but the first one that I looked at was uh, it's is really just Donkey Kong, but with King <laughs> Kong yeah. instead of Donkey Kong. And that brings up the interesting point that Donkey Kong is also another way that King Kong has influenced popular culture. Right. Very clearly, he's he's not a giant gorilla, but he's a reference to King Kong. Right, right. Um, and so, from what I gather, the first the first officially licensed King Kong video game was just a ripoff of Donkey Kong. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> in, in a roundabout way, one influenced the other, yeah. and then the influence came back like a boomerang. Dang. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. No, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, there were uh, there were like three or four Kong video games released exclusively in Japan from the late 80s through the early 90s. Okay. But we didn't get any here until 2005. Wow. Oddly. That's weird. That surprises me. So, yeah, I I think we missed out on some, um, like, Sega Genesis Super Nintendo Kong games. Yeah, totally. I'm surprised those didn't exist, but... Godzilla also very underrepresented in video games during that era. Interesting. Um, I don't know why, maybe there wasn't enough of a market for it then, but you would think Godzilla would have had a few video games right? by that point. Right? There were, there were, they were just only released in Japan. Just only in Japan. I mean, as somebody who has only very recently gotten gotten a little bit into video games and video game culture, uh, this is fascinating to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do a deep dive. 
<laughs> yes. I- I'm sure you can play the original Japanese Kong and Godzilla games for that matter. Yeah, probably. Um, like through an emulator now. Probably. Um, I don't know how good any of them are. Probably, they, probably they not exist. great. Yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. If anybody's played them, let us know. The next uh, like Kong thing to talk about uh-huh. was... Um, <laughs> this one is kind of dumb. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was a direct-to-video animated musical of King Kong released in 1998. What? Called The Mighty Kong. What? <laughs> yeah. And it, the music, weirdly enough, was done by the Sherman Brothers, who did, like, Mary Poppins and all of the... Yeah. That's so but weird. <laughs> how the Mighty Have Fallen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen clips from this only. Okay. It looks... Okay. It looks... It looks delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into really, like, kind of shoddy animation. <laughs> great. Great. I want it. I feel like that's that's a boxed wine kind of night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I don't have too much to say on that though. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to check it out. <laughs> Which would bring us to the next finally. Uh-huh. The Peter Jackson King. Right. Kong. Yes. Which I have seen. Which as I said, I don't remember. I think I've seen it twice. Like I think I remember seeing it in theaters and then I saw it and then I think I saw it like once when it was playing on TV, probably five to ten years later. Um, mm-hmm. But I but I haven't seen it in a while, and so I don't remember like anything really specific about it, except that I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, like we were talking about, like I really like Adrian Brody, Naomi Watts, and Jack Black, and obviously Andy mm-hmm. Circus as um, as Kong yeah. is great. Um, Kyle Chandler is in this too. Who I really oh, like. that's right. That's right. And then he and then he's been in the or he was at least in the most recent Godzilla movie. Yeah, I know. So he's he's he has experience. He does. He's like crossing over in the <laughs> in the monster. He's in two different Kong Kong universes. Universes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember I think it was fairly well received. What or Maybe yeah, mixed it was, reviews. So I, I remember I have pretty vivid memories about when this came out. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. This was only this came out in two thousand five, so only two years after the last Lord of the Rings yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um you know, not including the Hobbit ones. Um, uh, we don't we don't we don't speak of those. <laughs> so but I I'm and you would think like that was that seems like a very short amount of time for Peter Jackson to make this whole movie. But then yeah. again you have to remember that like he filmed all of the Lord of the Rings movies at once, so there was yeah, quite there a was few there, years in between there. There was there was some time in there. Yeah, he was their post production on Lord of the Rings was right quite like lengthy, he was probably but... doing post production on Lord of the Rings simultaneously as he was filming King Kong. He must I have imagine. been. He must have been because you can't make a movie like this in two years. I feel like right. Yeah, that's that insane. That would be insane. But yeah, I I remember there was a lot of hype leading up to it because yeah. Peter Jackson was like. Big on deal. top of the world, at right? Because he just because he'd won, uh, he'd won the Oscar for Return of the King and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Yeah, people were calling him like the next Spielberg, which um, I don't really get the compare. I mean, other than vague similarities of making yeah. a well-received blockbuster. Yeah, I think <laughs> that seems like a pretty low bar for a comparison. Though. I think that's all it was is that people yeah. just like weren't used to seeing critically acclaimed blockbuster adventure fa- right. fantasy that slash wasn't sci-fi by Spielberg, movies. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but 
I remember like when it first came out, it, it like a lot of the early reviews were very positive. Yeah. And then it's like when the movie came out, like the tone shifted. Um, yeah. Because I think that I, from what I remember, and my memory, this is what, 16 years ago now? So uh, like, my memory might be yeah. dodgy. Yeah. But <laughs> I think the movie was actually better received by critics than by general audiences. That's possible. That sounds right to me. I would guess that a large part of the reason why mm -hmm. is because of how long it was. Yeah, um, I think so. Now, granted, the Lord of the Rings movies are also like three hours long, about the same length, but I think main people's main objection to Peter Jackson's King Kong was that it takes an hour for them to even get to Skull Island. Yeah. Well, so I think the difference between Lord of the Rings and this and King Kong is that like Lord of the Rings, first of all, is an adaptation of a epic book saga, and mm -hmm. actually a lot is cut out of of the Lord of the Rings. And so even though they're really long, the story flows pretty fast. Um right. I or maybe not fast, but uh but like it feels it feels like it has forward momentum the whole time. While as you were saying, the original King Kong movie is very short. Yeah. And that's that's essentially the source material. And so to expand on that and make it over twice as long, uh, I think I remember I remember feeling similarly that it like the first part of the movie drags. And mm -hmm. um now I want to say that I don't have as much of a problem with the first, and it is kind sure. of set up in as clear a three-act structure as you could get right, in this movie. Right, right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the first act of the movie, which is what most people don't like in Peter Jackson's yeah. version, I actually do like. Yeah. Uh, and really just for one reason, though, which is that I really love the recreation of 30s New York. Mm, I think mm -hmm. that they really did a good job with that. Totally, totally. Yeah, I need to I need to rewatch it. I mean, I think that part of it when I when I saw it, it was like, I mean, I was such a loyal Lord of the Rings fan at that point that like I wasn't going to dislike anything Peter Jackson did unless it was mm -hmm. really bad. So <laughs> So I remember really liking it. You had to wait it. a few more years for that. <laughs> I still I don't hold him entirely responsible. No, I don't either. But but I am sad about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But but so yeah, I remember I remember enjoying it as well, even the mm -hmm. first even the first part of it. And I I think I really like also in the early parts of the movie that um, they made they they definitely went out of their way to make Anne, who is now played by Naomi Watts, mm -hmm. uh, a more compelling character than yeah. she had ever been up to that point. Yeah, like I love I love all the scenes early in the movie where she's doing like vaudeville routines. Right, um, right, yeah. And I think I actually think that Naomi Watts is really, really great in this movie. Yeah, she's she's a great actor. Like I, that's part of why I was saying, I I mean she's done she's you know you see her around a little bit, but she was a she was like a big star around this time like she was yeah getting... she was for a few years she she seemed like she was on the cusp of being like an a-list star and then just yeah kind of fizzled out yeah unfortunately yeah. that happens to a lot of especially women in hollywood yeah. unfortunately but um i hope she's doing well i hope nothing bad happened to her i hope she's... naomi we hope you're doing okay yeah <laughs> i hope she's on that island with adrian brody <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, um this is you the studio ownership of King Kong is really interesting too because it's changed yeah. a lot of the time. No, um, no, I was actually interested in that because I like just looking at the 
like at the Wikipedia little like block here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all different production companies. Yeah. The original was made by RKO Studios, which uh, has not existed since the 50s. Uh But they produced a lot of... They were one of the big five studios in the early days. Interesting. Um, They they made Citizen Kane, so... Wow. Okay. But when RKO kind of dissolved, the the rights to King Kong kind of got really messy. Sure. And, uh, like, Universal owned part of it, but then Mm. some of it was owned by Paramount. So Uh there were... Like, the 70s one was Paramount. And the uh-huh. Peter Jackson one was Universal. And I think the new ones are Warner Brothers. And then, of course, you have the Toho one. So, like, all of them are made by different studios. Got it. Yeah. Fascinating. Also, I was just thinking about, I think, a good... This isn't, like, a specific line, but I, I think a good uh, pairing for the Peter Jackson one is, like, a wine that needs some time after you open it to mm. to breathe a little bit. Like the first hour of the movie, that you just need to let it breathe a little bit, and then it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not to say that it like it won't taste good if you drink it at, as soon as you open it, but it'll be even better if you wait just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like. Um, obviously, I, I I had to be defensive about the first hour because it seems like right. that's what people don't like about the movie. Right. But. With that being said, yeah, the the next two hours are better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I'm not nothing against the first hour; it's good, yeah. but it gets better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the the Skull Island scene. First of all, they there was supposed to be in the original Kong a scene where he fights a giant spider, which they Ooh. never got around to. They couldn't do it. Yeah. But they did it in this one. They did. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So Peter Jackson finally got to do, although there's kind of a giant spider in The Return of the King. I so. mean, there definitely is. He likes he likes his giant spiders. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to make Andy Serkis fight giant spiders all the time. Oh, there's also um, in the, so there's, a, a, I don't know if this is officially like a fan theory or anything like that, but okay. in the, uh, in one of Peter Jackson's early movies, my favorite Peter Jackson movie uh-huh. is Dead Alive, uh-huh. also known elsewhere in the world as Brain Dead. They call it Dead Alive in the United States for rights reasons. But Interesting. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, first of all, it's the goriest movie ever made. I think it actually holds that record. Yeah. But in the beginning of the movie, the rat monkey that uh-huh. causes the zombie infection uh-huh. is from Skull Island. Oh. And in, in King Kong, the 2005 one, where, when they're on the boat, uh-huh. they reference the rat monkey at Oh, my point. God. So... <laughs> Peter Jackson doing a callback to his own being, movies. As being well. a little self referential there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only the diehard Jackson fans will know. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the middle part of the movie, the Skull Island portion of the movie, is yeah. Kong fighting dinosaurs and giant spiders. Yeah. And these really tender moments where he's watching the sunset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember those. <laughs> he's just. A big softy. Like, yeah, my favorite scenes in the movie are the ones between Kong and Anne. Uh, right. Between Andy Serkis and Naomi Watts. Right, and yeah. It's, you can tell that they filmed the scenes together, too, because they're yeah. very much interacting. Um, right. It's not, like, it's not like in a lot of movies where you can tell that like they would have just told Naomi Watts, look over at the tennis ball. Right. That's where Kong is. Right, um, right. Like, there is an actor there acting with her. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a part of the movie where she is doing her vaudeville routines for Kong. Oh and yeah, Kong is, is laughing. Yeah, I remember that. 
I remember in the it, seeing that in the theater, like it getting kind of like scoffs from the audience, but I was really into those <laughs> yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I like them too. I think, but yeah, so I don't remember a lot of it specifically, but I do remember really liking uh, Naomi Watts and Kong together. Yes. Oh, uh, I, 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 I should have written better notes because this is something I should have addressed earlier. Oh, that's fine. But something that um, Peter Jackson did for this version that uh-huh. is not in the original, but uh-huh. is in the 70s version. Oh, interesting. Is... I, I guess this is really, of all the changes that the 70s one made, this is the one that kind of stuck in okay. like, Kong lore, uh-huh. is that there is kind of a romance between Kong and Anne. That's yes. not really in the original. Okay. I didn't know that because I, I can't remember the original specifically. And so I do always imagine a little bit of a romance between them. I mean, it's it, you could say it's loosely implied in the original sure, but it's not, sure. they definitely don't make it, it they definitely don't like make a point to to tell you like there's something going on between these two characters right in the original. right right okay well that's interesting and and peter jackson um used that idea from the 70s one and expanded upon it yeah and and i feel un- uncomfortable calling it a romance yeah but i think it's I a think, friendship yeah we get we, we get it yeah, yeah. um but People have used the term romance for it, and I, I don't. I don't get the impression that that was ever really implied. Like, I don't think you're supposed to think there's there's like any kind of sexual chemistry. Between right. Them. Right. Well, I think yeah. I think there can be romance without it being sexual. Right. And it's a platonic romance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and that's definitely there for sure. Mm-hmm. And also, I I want to mention that. Uh, I actually think Jack Black is quite good in this movie as well. I agree. I thought he I I thought he was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um he kind of gets the the manic energy of Carl Denham mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is kind of what Jack Black is known for, but I feel like this is a more honed version of that. Uh, he's yeah. not being he's not quote unquote being Jack Black in this movie. Yeah. And I think I think I was sort of trepidatious at the time of Jack Black in this movie because most of what I'd seen him do up to that point was kind of just him being Jack Black. Um, mm-hmm. And and I Which remember- works sometimes. But. Yeah. Oh, it, it, most of the time I enjoy that. Um, but I, uh, but I, I, I remember being impressed by him. Like it, he, he mm-hmm. struck the right note between like being Jack Black and also embracing this kind of zany- like Ahab energy again. Right. Big Ahab energy. Big Ahab energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, 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 the third act of the movie, which is back in New York. Right. With Kong now. Right. Uh, the scene in the movie that really sticks out to me is the scene that where uh, he, I guess you could say it's Kong on ice, um, uh-huh. <laughs> where they're in Central Park and it's like winter, so the lake is frozen yeah, over. Yeah, and Kong and Anne like kind of skate together on the yeah, ice. Yeah, <laughs> I sort of remember this. Um, that doesn't seem like that would work. <laughs> no, he'd probably fall through it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's a fantasy movie. It's so. nice. Yeah, it's a fairy tale. Come on. Right, <laughs> and I think that this is. Of all the Kong movies, this is the one that really, really wants you to feel bad for him when he falls off the Empire State Building. You're always supposed to, I think, from the beginning. Yeah. But this one, 
I I mean, you could maybe even argue that it goes a little overboard in getting you to feel sympathetic for him. Maybe, but I don't care. I like cheesy shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I I you know again, I don't remember specifically, but I bet that has a lot to do with Andy Serkis Mm -hmm. being Kong and Peter Jackson probably wanting that romance um, Mm -hmm. again. And not just romance between him and Anne, but just kind of like the romance of Kong um, and kind of his tragic, tragic fall, so to speak. Yeah, a literal fall. Yeah. A literal fall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not really a fall otherwise. It's just literally a fall. Yeah. <laughs> and and thankfully, this one goes back to the Empire State Building, not the Yes. The yes. I, I, I have enough faith in Peter Jackson that he would do that right. <laughs> and I, they even use a lot of the same dialogue from the original in this one. Not, unfortunately, oh, not the, say, I guess <laughs> I love you. Say, I guess I love you. But when, when after Kong falls, uh, Carl Denham does get to deliver the line, it wasn't the airplanes, it was beauty killed the beast, which is mm. like the closing line of the, yep. uh, of the original. Yeah. Very um, good. Very good. And back yeah. to Beauty and the Beast. Full mm-hmm. full circle. It's all yeah. It's all connected. It's all right there. It's all right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I really do like the Peter Jackson King Kong. Yeah. I know that there are criticisms that can be made of it, mainly yeah, sure. regarding its length and its pacing. Yeah, but there's enough good stuff in it that I still definitely recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to I'll have to watch it again because I do remember enjoying it. Um, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't a movie like Lord of the Rings for me that I'm like, I'm going to own this and watch it over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. Um, but I was like, this is good. I enjoyed it. I think that Peter Jackson has actually said that King Kong is the movie of all of his films, the one that's most personal to him. Mm. Um, so. That kind of, I kind of get that. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm they're never it's never going to be anywhere near as popular or as acclaimed as the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Or with a different crowd with his early horror right, splatter right. movies. Yeah, he's got um, a couple of different cult followings. Right. Um but I think that uh you can see a lot of Peter Jack like Peter Jack if if the movie's guilty of anything that would like be a criticism, it's that Peter Jackson might get a little too carried away kind of playing around with the idea because you can tell right. he really loves King Kong. Yeah. Which yeah. is a good thing and maybe sometimes a not so good thing because he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> right. Maybe he needed somebody there to kind of be like, okay, Peter, we know right. you, we know you you love King Kong, but let's let's reel it in a little bit. Um, right. <laughs> and unfortunately, because his, uh, his co-producers are his wife, and yeah, they're not gonna <laughs> somebody else. So I, uh, I don't think. Um, and also at that point, like because he just done Lord of the Rings, probably like no one was gonna say no to him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like they kind of gave him free reign over it. Sure. Sure. But that's okay. He, this can be his love letter to King Kong, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. Yeah. And it, it was even though it was kind of popular. Uh, this is the only. Version of King Kong that didn't get a sequel, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, that just means it was a, it had a nice button, you know, at the, at the end yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, the ori- King Kong doesn't, it never needed a sequel, because, yeah. I mean, Kong dies at the end. I, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> he dies at the end of the story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, you could do like the original did with Son of Kong. Ooh, right. he has a son. Right. Should have mentioned that in the first one, but they didn't. No, the, the retcon, retcon. Yeah. <laughs> or you could do like the '70s one and say, well, he didn't really die. Right. Right. But they chose neither of those options for the yeah. Peter Jackson one. Well, that's okay. Maybe Peter Jackson wanted to do that. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of a it, it, it's a it's a beautiful tragic ending. Mhm. And sometimes and that's hard that's hard to marry with like huge pop culture icon, you know. And so that's why I think we keep getting new iterations of King Kong and other, you know, in in yeah. different in different worlds, kind of, and different. Right. Well, we were talking about this a little bit the last time that you were on my podcast. Yes. Um, we were talking about how there's not really that many recent, like, self-contained standalone fantasy movies. Yeah, yeah. And I think that King Kong, even though it's very far from a standalone movie at this right, point, right. probably does actually work, as much as I like some of the sequels and spinoffs, it the story itself is a standalone story. Yeah, it's not absolutely. really meant to have like an expansive mythology behind right, it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree with that. And I'm also very much of the belief that I'd rather see a director care too much than not enough. Absolutely. Even if that means the movie's kind of bloated, at least it'll still have a kind of passion to it. Absolutely. I would say there's a lot of heart in. In yeah. this movie, for sure. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, which is why I I will still very much defend Peter Jackson's King Kong. Absolutely. Seem, even though it's much less popular these days, it seems. It, it definitely did not have the, like, enduring success and legacy that some of his other movies have. Right. But, alas. Mm. But yeah, the next Kong thing mm-hmm. really was was Kong Skull Island which we kind of yeah. only touched upon a little bit yeah but, um this is not an adaptation of uh the King Kong story right it's just using the character and setting yeah uh which I didn't I didn't realize when I saw it that it's kind of one of the few to do that I mean mm. uh, besides like the the Kong in Godzilla and- Stuff. And the Toho ones, yeah. Yeah, and the Toho ones. But I, I think this this new Kong is probably more based on the Toho Kong. Yeah. Than, like the Marion C. Cooper Kong. Yeah, that's that's sort of what it seems like because they were clearly setting up that because this is part of the new like monster verse or whatever they're calling yeah. it. That that Godzilla and the Kaiju like the most recent Godzilla movies and the Kaiju mm-hmm. um are part of so Skull Island very much feels like a setup for uh Godzilla versus Kong I think but I don't know if that's accurate or not yeah I was kind of surprised that they didn't unless I missed it unless the reference was so subtle that I missed it in Uh King of the Monsters the more the most recent Godzilla movie yeah they didn't even mention Kong um, I, d- I don't think they did. At least not did. from what I remember. I don't think they did, but I do remember it being teased somewhere, somehow. I I don't remember if that was in a Godzilla movie or if it was in Skull Island or if it was just like extrapolated. I, I know at the end, the very end of Kong Skull Island, the, like the mid credits yeah. sequence, they come across like a cave mural of King Ghidorah. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or Ghidorah. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how, how it's pronounced. Either um, is acceptable, apparently. Oh, great. Um, great. I'm just used to saying Ghidorah because that's the first way that I heard it. But I know some people say Ghidorah. I like Ghidorah better. It sounds, mm. it's more fun to say. But yes, I, so, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I, I mean, this one, I mean, like we mentioned, like this seems to be kind of more of the reference to Apocalypse Now, Heart of Darkness. It's Apocalypse Kong. Yeah, yeah it's Apocalypse Kong. <laughs> yeah, it's a different story. Obviously, there are different characters, different motivations. It's more set in the context of the Vietnam War, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, and also, this is an, again, I only I've only seen Kong Skull Island once. And it was shortly after it came out. So if I'm misremembering this, I apologize. (laughs) But I don't think that they referred to him as King Kong. I think he's just Kong. I think think you're right. I think you're right. And in the, I noticed that the new title of the new movie that's out now is Godzilla versus Kong. Kong. Hmm. Not King Kong. So I have a Hmm. theory about why that might be. Let's lay it on us. I think since the previous movie in this series was called Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm. Kong has not been crowned king yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's that's my speculation. I think so. I think so. I wonder if if at the end of uh Godzilla versus Kong he'll get his crown. Hopefully a literal crown. Hopefully a literal <laughs> one. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. That does seem intentional. Mm. But I'm not I'm not 100% sure. My my basic memory of Kong Skull Island was like watching it and like lovingly making fun of Tom Hiddleston for being like the the stereotypical like macho man action figure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is I mean I I love Tom Hiddleston too. I think He's he's a lot of fun, but I hadn't seen him do anything quite like this before where he's just kind of like the straight leading man. Yeah, I mean, it just feels kind of like a a campy mm-hmm. like action movie that that I feel like is like references a, a lot of other movies in some ways. Yeah. It does a good job, I think of of bringing Kong into this current uni- shared universe yeah. of monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I the think cast so too. Is good enough that I mean, I wouldn't say that like Tom Hiddleston or Brie Larson is given a lot to do in the movie, no. but it's still fun to watch them. Yeah, they're just they're good actors, so they they The only actor who really is given something of substance to do in the movie, I think is John C. Riley. Absolutely. Who... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It just has a field day in that. He really does. He really does. That's yeah. That's the main thing that I remember from the movie. Yeah. He's he's he stands out for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a good wine for for Kong Skull Island. I feel like I don't know something just I, like a rosé or something like something just really like drinkable, enjoyable. Nothing too compli- complicated going on, but it's well made and it's tasty um and for me for me like rosés often tick all those boxes Mm -hmm. um specifically let's say specifically um italian rosés i'm a big fan of italian rosés i like all i agree with that analogy because i don't really like again i've only seen it once yeah so it wasn't something that i was anxious to Right. Revisit. No. But, it's, but I but I liked it. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like if it was on, I'd be like, oh cool. 
let's watch this. Mm -hmm. But it's not a movie that I like actively seek out to watch again. Right. My favorite of the series thus far is actually the more recent one, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, Um, yes. I I actually liked that one more than the first, the 2014 Godzilla movie or Kong Skull Island. I'm probably in the minority on that. I liked it too. No, I remember going to see it in theaters and, and really liking it. And then it didn't get good reviews. And I was like, yeah. What's wrong with you people? It's just a, well, I, it's a Godzilla movie. <laughs> criticisms that I uh, right, most <laughs> of the criticisms that I saw of it were saying about how the human characters were not very compelling yeah. and there was just a lot of monster stuff in the movie yeah. and I'm like, "Have you not seen a Godzilla movie?" Yeah, yeah, before? yeah. <laughs> I do remember coming out of it and I think I remember saying that I think Millie Bobby Brown like carried the movie in terms of the human mm-hmm. the human actors. Yeah, kind of um, like in the first one of this series, I thought Brian Cranston definitely, did that. Definitely, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I think we can spoil it by now. I've, he dies. In yeah, that yeah. Uh, no, I think so. Which I thought was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, I would have wanted him to stick around. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. But I think they're going for kind of like different character, different human characters right. in each, yeah. in each movie, which we'll mm-hmm. see with Godzilla versus Kong. Who's mm-hmm. in that? I actually, I don't even know who's in it. Um, oh, Millie Bobby Brown is in this one again. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, I love um, her. But I've, it has, uh, it has a, I, I haven't, I try not to read too much about a movie before yeah. I see it, but I know there are, there's a whole slew of new characters as well. I hope, I hope Kyle Chandler is in it again too. Mm. And we can find finally the Godzilla Kong crossover. <laughs> <laughs> He's the glue. <laughs> if, if he is in it, I, I will be disappointed if they don't at least make reference to him being in King Kong before. I I bet they won't if he is in it, but I hope they do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I guess the question for this new movie is, well, it's out now as we're speaking. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. And by the time this episode goes up, a lot of people probably will have seen it. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if we can really be enlightening on the subject, but. Yeah. (laughs) No, we're going to we're going to leave this as an open ended question. But uh, just out of curiosity, yes, is do you think that there will be a victor between Kong and Godzilla? I see. I'm I'm with you that I don't think there will be because it would so obviously be Godzilla to to me. Just because I don't know if it's quite that obvious, but maybe <laughs> maybe not quite that obvious. But in my personal opinion, I feel like Godzilla's powers could overcome Kong's powers. Mm-hmm. Kong's powers was just that he's like really fucking strong and has a heart of gold. But <laughs> so right. I I think I'm with you and that it's going to it it either Kong will be fighting Mecha Godzilla and or Godzilla and Kong will end up teaming up by the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean my official prediction yeah. if I'm if if I if it's going where I think it's going, is that uh-huh. there will be a team up at the end, and I think it'll be Godzilla and Kong versus Mecha Godzilla and perhaps Mecha Ghidra. Oh, okay. Yep, it's possible. I'm kind of hoping for more Mothra, but I don't know. Uh, I'm always hoping for more Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kong and Mothra will fall in love. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's an, un- that's an unexplored romance. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's my ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so we'll see. This will be fun because uh, as I edit this, I probably will have seen the movie. And so I get I get to see how how good our predictions were, how accurate mm-hmm. our predictions were. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it now, especially it's even more excited now, mm-hmm. um, having a much more knowledge about King Kong than than I did before. Do you consider this Kong, though, to be related at mm. all? to like the King Kong of the Peter Jackson movie or the original, because I go back and forth on whether or not I do. I don't know. It It kind of takes the concept of Kong, but does its own thing with it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell if this is supposed to be like, you know, a, a son of Kong or mm-hmm. just Kong in an alternate universe. Right. Or... I mean, there... I think the they do imply not just in this new series but throughout Kong lore uh-huh. <laughs> that there have been that there have been multiple Kongs throughout mm, history. Yeah, I feel like that I've I've heard that. So, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with I think this is a different Kong than Peter Jackson's Kong. That's what that's what I'm going with. I I think that's probably True as yeah. well, especially since you just pointed out earlier that Kong is supposed to be an adolescent in the Skull Island one. Yeah, which I didn't know, but yeah. but so but maybe the maybe did. this that is the son of the original. Kong. It could be. It could be. Maybe that's the that's the in in intention. Well, maybe we'll get some answers. Maybe we won't. <laughs> I do kind of hope one day that we see one more actual adaptation of the king kong story though yeah i i I Um, would like that too because as much as peter jackson's is probably the biggest version of it we ever need to get yeah i think that it is a story that maybe because of its simplicity and its applicability yeah can be adapted over and over again i'd like to see a different director take it on i i agree i know we mentioned guillermo del toro earlier um, but is there any director you can think of that you would like to see do? Well, in my wildest dreams, they would do it um, with practical effects. And I don't think that's going to happen. Probably but... <laughs> not. Unfortunately, probably not at this point. It's not impossible. My 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 real answer as far as like who I'd want to do it uh-huh. would be because the original is a, it, the effects are done in stop motion. Why not just make it all stop motion? Oh, yeah. And the studio, I, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Is it Laika or Laika? The studio oh. that did Paranorman and Coraline. Yeah, yeah. Kubo and the Two Strings. I yeah. would love to see them just do a King Kong movie. Actually, yeah, that that would be super cool. Short of that, if it's going to be a live action Kong, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know who I think would be a good... I, it has to be somebody who has a kind of manic ambition yeah you know, somebody who's gonna capture that kind of um carl denham-esque character and i and that's sort of why guillermo del toro comes to mind because i do think he is that kind of manic very sweet but um mm-hmm. but kind of manic crazy energy and the only other reason why i think he might be good not that i think this would happen but i know that he loves to use practical effects yeah um and so i i feel like he would at least insist on using a blend yeah yeah i think so i think so i can't think i can't think of anybody else right now that that comes to mind that i'd like to see do it but let's hope let's hope we get some some new kong content 
Content. Content. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we close up here in anticipation of watching Godzilla versus Kong? Well, in relation to the new movie, my only final comment before I watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be, I don't, I actually have no idea how far or how long they're planning on making this yeah, MonsterVerse series. I don't either. But I actually think that's a good thing that I don't know because yeah. I, I have no idea where this movie is going to end up. I assume it's not the final one in the series, but I I don't know what they're doing from here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I haven't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything specific if they're planning more or not. Um, I would imagine, unfortunately, in capitalism, if it's successful enough, it will probably Mm. get another movie. I just hope that they don't end it on like a cliffhanger and then not do another one. Yeah. That's my fear. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Cliffhanger is okay if it's, uh, if, if we if we get more closure is good also mm-hmm. if it's going to be that um personally i would like even though godzilla has never interacted with this character nor has Kong, yeah. i want i want gamera to be in this series yes yes um <laughs> but i'm not counting on that <laughs> probably not and and as we all know i want my ship of kong and mothra to come yes. to fruition but <laughs> that's, that's gonna be the next movie yeah yeah kong kong and mothra <laughs> yes and it's just them vacationing together yeah. kong shows her around the hot spots on skunk on skull island i yeah. almost said skunk island. <laughs> it's on skunk that's island skunk that's island. a different that's on a different skull island <laughs> on a different that's a different movie um <laughs> i i think that's just adorable and i like to think about that so oh one more thing I yes this is this was in my notes before I do a quick I mean we don't have to but there is a whole genre that I think would uh, would go I'd be upset I'd be regretful if I didn't at least mention it there's a whole genre sure. of Kong ripoffs that oh are very interesting oh nice yeah yeah so there are uh, like part partly because the rights issues to King Kong got so messy. Right. Um pretty much every studio was like, well, we can just do our own giant gorilla movie and just right. call it right. King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a bunch of those. Um one of the more famous ones is called Conga. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, and this nice. is a British one starring Michael Goff, who is, uh, he was in a lot of Hammer movies. And yeah. he's also Alfred in the, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Right, yes. That one's uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> interesting, uh, to me in a good way, but don't uh, come yelling at me if you watch it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of like giant gorilla stuff. There's a yeah. villain, or I guess not really a villain, but a character in Superman called Titano, I think that's the name anyway. That's not vaguely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> which is just basically King Kong. <laughs> right, just a ripoff of Kong. Yeah. Um and then more recently, uh there was a movie called Rampage, which is was based on the video game, but uh-huh. uh it has uh, the movie has Dwayne the Rock Johnson, um <sighs> who has a He's like a. I, I saw it on an airplane, so yeah, yeah. My, my attention wasn't fully on there. It sounds it sounds but, like an airplane movie. Yeah, but he <laughs> he like it, it is uh, like the caretaker of this gorilla who then by happenstance by some kind of 
radiation or science experiment gone wrong. I don't even remember. Who becomes knows? a giant gorilla. Ugh. And there you go. And fights a giant crocodile or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That sounds But, there but you go. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed there, that. Okay, one. good. Good. And I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Who doesn't? So. How can you not he's, love Dwayne the Rock Johnson? He's, yeah. For some reason I feel like he he would be right to be in a King Kong movie. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but not so far, I think. But there's hope. There is hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just quickly, that reminds me of like there there was big scandal. Not that this is a scandal, but like scandals in the wine world where where people would like bottle bad wine and sell it as like top shelf wine. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I feel like that that's sort of like these Kong ripoffs is uh, even if they are fun, you know, maybe the the wine isn't bad, but it's not what you it's not what you came for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like giant the idea of a giant gorilla like yeah. wrecking shit, yeah. you're probably going to at least find some enjoyment in any of the Kong ripoffs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it, some of the Godzilla movies are let's say not as good as others, but I still enjoy almost all of them because I just like the concept of giant monsters. Exactly. I think I think Kong is the kind of thing where like if you're not into the concept of a giant gorilla, you're just the not concept. Gonna... The concept. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're not into the concept, you're not gonna enjoy them. If you right. are, you will. Yeah. Though I think they might win you over. I mean, if somebody ever wanted to know, like, do you think I'd like King Kong? I The question is, does the idea of a giant gorilla appeal to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, if and not, I, maybe avoid it. <laughs> I think even if it doesn't appeal to you at first, Kong might win you over. Kong might win you over. At least, yeah. like, the... The actual King Kong movies. I'm, yeah. I'm talking strictly about the ripoffs here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know if you're going to be won over by those. Yeah, no, you might not be. You might not be. Cool. Well, we've got a lot to check out now um, in both Kong Kong tent. <laughs> we got to stop <laughs> before they get out of control. Um, in Kong tent and uh, ripoff Kong tent. Uh, yes. So uh, and and um and I'm excited to watch uh to watch the n- latest iteration tonight and we'll see we'll see where where this monster verse is going if anywhere if anywhere <laughs> maybe nowhere um cool John Paul is there anything else that you would like to uh to plug before we sign off um well so. Sally Lloyd Bastards, which is the podcast I host, is yes. on a brief hiatus again. We just did a second season. Awesome. Um, I think I left people with enough because each of the episodes is like two and a half to three yeah. hours long. Yeah, there's <laughs> so, lots of content. Yeah, you have a lot to catch up on if you haven't. Regular content, not content, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that will not be returning again probably until June or July. But when okay. it does, I can tell you that it will be rebranded as Celluloid Bastards X. Because Whoa. We, are talk- we are talking about X-rated movies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> so spicy. <laughs> Other than that, you can not find me on social media anymore. So yeah, 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 yeah. Else to yeah. Plug. <laughs> hey, power to you. Um, <laughs> being, being a little uh, unplugged and signed out from the madness that is social media. Mm-hmm. But yes, definitely check out Celluloid Bastards. 
Um, it is lots of fun. I've been on it a few times. And uh, there's, there, as you said, there's lots to listen to. So it will definitely tide you over until the next, the next season. Right. Because I love it so much that I get carried away, much like Peter Jackson. So they yes. end up being three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of the Peter Jackson of conversational podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So my well, next season is going to be all about The Hobbit. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. No! <laughs> I won't be listening in that case. But <laughs> John Paul, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I learned a lot. I'm excited uh, to watch more of more content. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. All right. From from across across the country. Cheers. Oh yeah, I have I have tea here. Wait, I have but... I have tea as well. So Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But... Pinky's up. It works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine. <laughs>